Hey guys, so this is kind of a different podcast. It's actually getting back to why I started this. It's totally non-scripted, um, just wanting to be real. And February makes me hit quite a place. <laughs> and the last few days, number one, I've been battling the flu. I just got over the flu. And when you have the opportunity to just lay around and be sick and have all the feels, it it gives you time to think about things, which for me is not always a good thing. So I thought it was important to actually be real with B-Reams. And that doesn't always mean these scripted shows that I'm sitting there just going through life events and giving the facts and doing whatever like I've been doing. Um, sometimes it's just about hitting those days and moments that, without better word to say, that just suck. And today is one of those times. And there's going to be tears. So bear with me. <laughs> but this is the be real part, right? Um, February is just really hard. And I actually took my computer today up to church and I wanted to sit with Mark and Neil and do this recording. And it didn't have Wi Fi outside. <laughs> I thought I could get on the church's um, guest Wi Fi by sitting outside in their area, but I guess it didn't reach. So instead, we're just back in bed doing this. So, yeah. This is the real story of sometimes how widows or anybody gets hit at, at hard times, and especially going through widowhood, and, and especially the month, the month like February. So February brings so many things, and and I had scripted something I really had about um, love and February being the month of love and this, that, and the other, because church has been focusing a whole sermon on love. And so I had kind of made, started writing a script for something like that. And then I decided like through my breaking down, <laughs> uh, that I should just be real and not do a script. So that's what I'm doing. Um, and so that here's all the things that are hitting. And again, the reason I'm doing this is because I am hoping that somehow this reaches some widows out there. And I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't know if, if people can just share this and, and like put a widow tag on it. I don't know that I've said many times before that the, the biggest thing that helped me in my journey was talking to people that had been through it and hearing people's stories. So I didn't feel alone. I didn't feel like I was feeling things and going through things that were crazy or, or just feeling isolated, like that nobody understood. So I want people to somehow hear this, that, that know that I get it. <laughs> that you're not the only one. But so February, like it brings so many things up. It's not only Valentine's, which uh, I mean, that has stuff in it, but it's also my wedding anniversary. But even something like the Super Bowl, and I know that sounds so crazy to think that the Super Bowl is a trigger, but it is. So for many reasons, um, I even think about, so yesterday was my sister-in-law's birthday. Um, my sister-in-law that lost to my late brother, obviously. Um, and what came up on my memories was yesterday was also four years ago when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. And it just made me think about how we were celebrating then. And I I remember it so clearly that we went downtown. Um, Will and friends went to Power and Light, and I went there with them first uh, to watch to do the pregame and all that kind of stuff. And then 
I walked, or Neil and I, sorry, we went. Obviously, Neil was with me four years ago. And then he and I walked from Illinois to, I think it's called Mission Taco, to meet Mark and Brandy and the girls, because that's where they were doing Brandy's birthday celebration and kind of the pre-gaming for that. So there I was with my brother. And what was pre-cancer? It was pre-anything. It was that, as Mark put it, it was that blissful ignorance. And all we cared about at the time was celebrating Brandy's birthday. And they gave up the game, right? The big game. Because Chiefs hadn't won the Super Bowl in what? It was like 50 years or something. But we were celebrating together. We were doing all this together. And then what's ironic is we left there and went to watch party at some of our best friends' house. And we watched it all night and we celebrated and we won. And it came up on my Facebook memories that I then climbed on top of our friend's chief's bus. <laughs> they had a short bus. And there was a picture of me dancing on top of the short bus and blah, blah, blah. And But even that is so ironic because we were at the house of the dear friends that was the driver of the ATV that killed Neil. I mean, just think about all of that. Just all of that. We didn't know cancer. We didn't know that drinking and driving would cause death. Drinking and driving by the person whose house I was at would cause the death of my husband. I mean, we didn't know all of that. But then what's crazy <laughs> is that that was February 2nd of 2020. Then the world shut down. Oh, my God. Well, okay, before that. Then we go to the parade, right? Um, the parade was February, I want to say the 13th or the 15th. It was, I don't know. It was around there. I can't remember. Now. No, it wasn't. Because if we had, see, this is me going off, going unscripted. If February 2nd was when we won, I bet we did the parade like the 6th or 7th or something like that. Anyway. But even that, I think about Neil and I went with Will and Neil's son. It was bitterly cold. Oh, my God. I don't know if you guys remember. Well, I'm sure you remember that if you're a Kansas City person. But the snow, it was so cold. Oh, my God. But it was so fun. But it was it was just experiencing that with my husband, with my son, just with hundreds of thousands of people in Kansas City. Amazing, right? So all those incredible memories. Then what that does now is as I'm sitting here, here we are again in February, um, and we're looking at another Super Bowl, hopefully another Super Bowl win, but I'm not going to jinx it. And then I think about last year's parade. And last year's parade was different on so many levels. Um, Neil was dead, obviously. And I was like, oh, I've been there, done that. I'm not going to do it again. I'm going to let the kids do it. So Will and Leah, obviously Leah being new and never new to America and our family um, had never experienced this. So obviously, they're all going to go. So they plan to get up early. And if I remember right, it was the day after Valentine's, I want to say, Um so they were going to get up early and go down there and this, that, and the other. So, and I'm like, no, I'm good. Well, those of you that know me, when am I to miss something like that, right? What was I thinking that I was not going to have FOMO? So that morning of driving home, the morning of the parade, I'm driving home and I'm hearing about Kansas City has um, put together all of these free bus transportation, different locations that you can actually catch catch a bus and for free they'll take you down to the parade. And of course I get foam and I'm like, God, should I just do it? Should I just go? Well, by now the kids are already gone and everything, so it would be that I would need to go by myself, right? But I'm a widow now. And I need to be doing things by myself, right? At least that's what 
you know, some people tell me I need to be able to embrace this and, and do things on my own. So I call my mom and I'm like, is it crazy? Like, should I just do this? And she's like, sure. And so long story short, my mom drops me off at Oak Park Mall in time to catch the last bus, the last series of buses going down there. I'm like, I'll go down by myself. I had tracked Will on the phone of where the animals find them. Yeah, I'm going to find hundreds of thousands of fans, but whatever. So, but as I'm sitting on the bus, of course, my stomach is in knots and I'm like, I can do this, but you're not really alone because you're surrounded by the city that loves the Chiefs, right? Nobody's a stranger when you're dealing with Chiefs stuff. You guys have probably experienced that if you've ever been to a game, but so I take the bus down and they drop me off. And we're dropped off like way on the east side of the highway and stuff. And so it's literally like a 30 minute walk to get to the area I think Will is at. So I walk in and I'm like thinking, what am I doing? But I can do this, right? I can do it. So I get to where I think he is. And of course I can't find him. I can't find him. And I'm literally walking back and forth across the blinking thing where it said he was. But by the time you get down there, if you guys have been to the parade, you have no cell service. I mean, it just, there's too many people. Miraculously, I do find him, but he's across Grand Avenue, the street, and it's blocked off for miles. They will not let you cross it. So I like kind of wave and I'm like, okay, well, there they are, but I can't get to him. So yeah, I'm doing this alone. And it was quite a feeling um I cried (laughs) but I knew I could do it and I did I walked up and down the street thinking I could get across I could convince somebody let me across but it didn't happen so I ended up actually being in a really good space to watch the parade (laughs) I had I happened to be at a place I was pretty much on the front because I was by myself so I could kind of wiggle through right but um I was actually in a really good place that uh Kelsey and Mahomes got off the bus and walked like right in front of me it was really cool anyway so as soon as that's done I go over into power and light in that party area because I'm not going to walk all the way back to Liberty Memorial to watch the pep rally. Instead, I'm just like, I'll go into power and light and try and get somewhere to sit and just watch it on the big screen, hoping that the kids can get to me. Well, turns out they can't get to me because the road stayed blocked off. So here I am alone um, in power and light. And I do find a place to sit kind of up high. And, you know, it's weird. You do find blessings in these times. There was this group of like three or four young adults um, that kind of befriended me. And we were like, hey, let's just bond here together. And whoever needs to go to the restroom or whoever needs to get a drink or whatever, we'll save each other spots. And I talked to them and it was fine. But then it hit me. I was like, okay, you know, the pep rally's going. I've been there for however long. I'm the, okay, this has served its purpose. I'm going to start walking back to the bus thing. So I'm walking and walking and walking, getting more and more upset, but whatever. Well, then by the time I get to the bus stop, there's like hundreds of people waiting, right? I'm like, I can't do this. And so what do you do? You call your mom and dad. (laughs) It's so dumb. (sighs) Sorry, this is the real guys. So I call Nanny and Papa, and of course, they're happy to come get me. So they come get me, and when I get in the car with them, I'm all smiles, right? I'm all, look what I did, and it was so fun, and I met people, and I did this experience by myself, and yay me, right? And it didn't surprise them, honestly, I don't think. I don't think it surprised them that I did it on my own, and and that I had these great stories, and this, that, and the other, and so I get home, and whatever, but... Here's the thing about doing that stuff. Or here's the thing about big events in general. Like, the next day is when it gets me. It's it's that coming down from things of, uh, like, you do this stuff alone. And I, I say alone. I have my family. I have my friends. They're all incredible. So I don't want to take away from what they give me because they support me amazingly. But in the end, you're alone you're a widow. You do not have a spouse. You you just, 
when you're having been used to having that spouse, right? You're used to coming home from those things or doing those things together. And you remember the times of doing those things together. And so that just puts a different perspective on things. And I was a mess the next day. I mean, I, I, I get like that after big events. Um, I was a mess. And so the whole feeling of empowerment and, and doing this on your own, it gets, that all gets pushed down. And instead what bubbles up is that you had to do it and you don't want to do, at least me, I don't want to do those things alone. I don't, I, I can, this whole, I am woman, hear me roar and you're so strong and, and you can do this and, and you should be able to be happy on your own. You should be able to do things on your own. You should be able to enjoy life on your own. It's all about self-love and self-worth and self-strength. Yeah, all that's great. You know what? It's not what I want. It's not. It's just not what I want. And so, yeah, it was not a good day after. So as I sit here and I think about the Super Bowl, that's what comes to my mind things like that, that I celebrated with him four years ago. We watched it together. We celebrated. We partied together. We did the parade together. Last year, um, I, we, obviously he was not here. So that celebration aspect of it is not a remembering win with Neil. It's more of a now I go back in my mind to let's think about the positive last year of where I was, who I was with. Let's repeat that. That's amazing. And that's what I'm going with. Um, but it also, it's crazy. And I I, it, it, I don't know, it's just weird, y'all, just thinking about it and how it brings up this amazing, incredible, let's celebrate. Oh, my God, we're back in the Super Bowl. Da, da, da. <coughs> Sorry, this is the real part, guys. Me getting over the flu, me crying and me coughing. Um, anyway, it also brings all those other things. Okay, so that's part of February is the Super Bowl. And I am, we are so blessed and excited to be able to even be sitting here talking about this, right? I mean, amazing that the Chiefs are back in it. Okay, so there's that. Then you have to think about Valentine's Day. Now, Valentine's Day, I think, can be hit or miss for anyone. I think a lot of people don't really care. A lot of people know it's a homework thing made up to make money and all this kind of stuff. I get it. But I also hope that people are empathetic to how it basically sucks going to the grocery store and walking down, you know, having to see everything and love and be mine. And what are you going to get your Valentine of the commercial? And, you know, every kiss begins with pain, get her some jewelry and all this stuff. And I get it. You know, I, I was in a space last year. I, I'm not going to lie. I was with someone last year that I looked forward to Valentine's Day and I was like, oh, this is going to be, you know, it's going to be nice being able to celebrate with somebody again. And it was nice. It was different. It was nice. And it was, to be honest, it was around the time that we were kind of up, down, coming to a close. I don't know. Um, so it was fine, but very different, right? And so... Now you sit here and you think me, I, not you, I sit and I think about Valentine's and it just, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to, I just don't want to do it because I am unfortunately or fortunately a hopeless romantic. I just am. And I, I loved February so much back in the day because there was a week of Valentine's and wedding anniversary and it was my and Neil's just like week of love and gifts and fun and romance and just all the things. And so I just, ah, I loved February. I mean, because we always said we would not combo Valentine's of February. We would have Valentine's together and do our thing. And oh my God, that just made me think of Sweet Punkin and what he would do. So if we had all the kids with us, he would always get, we would always get heart pizzas from, um, Papa Murphy's that you take and bake. We would always get heart pizzas and like set the kitchen table and and do the heart pizzas and like 
sometimes I remember, I think, oh God, was it the last one? It may have been. Well, I know it was the last one that Haley was here. Um, cause then she went off to college. But I remember sitting, me and Haley and Neil at the, he sat the dining room table for us and had like champagne glasses and our heartbeats and stuff. But anyway, we would do that. And if we didn't have the kids, we would obviously go out to dinner or do whatever. But we always tried to make that special aside from anniversary. Um, so Valentine's, yeah, I just, I, I, I just, uh, it just makes, it, it makes my stomach in nuts. It does. It just sucks. And then February 18th comes wedding anniversary. And that I think for any widow brings a lot of heartache, a lot of emotion. Of course, there's a lot of celebration with it. I mean, never did I think, um, I mean, I think anybody listening to this knows that I was married before Neil and that did not end well and it was not meant to be and I never should have gotten married. And I'm not saying that to throw shade at my kid's dad at all because he he too has found the love of his life and I adore her. And I mean, I think he would also admit that we were not meant to be together. I mean, God gave us, I thank God we did get together because it gave us Will and Haley the the two most incredible blessings of my entire world. But he, so anyway, no shade being thrown at that. But we both knew we shouldn't got married. I was sick as a dog on our wedding day. I and not, it, it was God. There were lots of lots of signs saying, Beth, do not walk down that aisle. But that's OK. You know, we we learn. So February 18th, 2006 was totally different. I mean, I was so excited for our wedding. I felt great. I couldn't, I, there was nothing in me that doubted what I was doing. I mean, the only stress about it was that we had six kids under the age of 12 that were our wedding party. <laughs> I mean, Haley was my maid of honor and Will walked me down the aisle when they were only like, I don't know, seven and nine years old, maybe. And then Neil's kids were his, were the other bridesmaids and his best man. And, and oh my God, you guys, we had a unity candle that had eight candles around it that we all lit and then we lit the one big candle together and I mean just so the stress of doing a wedding with all those children that was one thing and as many of y'all know his youngest was a handful and like through a fit and it was a lot but no matter what through all of it I mean I'm looking at the picture right now of me looking up at Neil and the chaos was happening and I remember just looking up at him and it's my favorite wedding picture that we have because I'm just looking at him like in peace like like no matter what chaos was going on this is why I was meant to be yeah so that was the day that I felt like God had given me my soulmate now, mind you, our wedding day was amazing. Um, coldest day in all of 2006. Not, no joke. Literally was the coldest day of that year. Um, and what happened after that for the next 15 years? There were obviously moment, times of doubt. Oh, my God, there were times of doubt. Not doubt in our love, but doubt in what everything else all the chaos being thrown our way would it break it would it be too much like all the other noise was it going to be too much and most of it was dealing with parenting definitely and his ex his ex and parenting those were the two things that uh we fought about the most um and that and again not scripted here that also brings me to say that um, a lot of times, I think when people die, we put them like up on this pedestal and say, oh, they were perfect and her marriage was perfect and and everything was amazing. And that's just not true, you guys. It's just not true. Neil was not perfect. I'm not perfect. Our marriage was not perfect. We fought. We fought hard, like hard. 
and it wasn't okay. And I think that's probably true of most marriages. But the thing is, is that we always knew that no matter how hard we fought, there wasn't a time that we thought we shouldn't be together. There wasn't a time that we were fighting about should we have gotten married or should we be married or do we love each other? That was never the fight. But definitely we both did things wrong in the marriage. 100% we did things wrong. And again, that's what we forget when people die. Um, I get, I, I catch myself in thinking or in saying or in like even posting, you know, we all post on social media the image of the life that we want people to see. I think I've heard people call it before the highlight reel, you know, what everybody sees on social media is our highlight reel. Um, and that's another reason I'm doing this podcast because you know what life is, the highlight reel is a small percentage, right? Y'all. I mean, it's the stuff like today that I won't say out, oh, I'm not going to go percentage wise, but Things like today happen. These times are what makes life real and marriage is real and relationships real and, and all the things. So, yeah, so we we weren't perfect. But when I think back on February 18th of 2006, I think of joy. I think of happiness. I think of I think of our wedding um, where Jeff Kirby married us and when we all walked down the aisle Oh my gosh, so funny. Everybody walked down the aisle and we get all these candles lit and Jeff kind of looks at everybody and he's like, welcome to the Von Trapp family wedding. And for those of you that don't know, that's the sound of music. And I said, yes. And he goes, and Beth made these dresses from curtains earlier today <laughs> and all the kind of things. And it was just such a personal wedding. And I loved it. I loved every bit of it. And I didn't have one doubt about it. And then the reception was just all the things and our honeymoon and just anyway, that's what I that's what I think about February. So when February 18th comes this year, ah, it's just going to suck, y'all. Um, and on that anniversary, you don't think about all the bad. I mean, it comes to mind, but that's not what you focus on, you know. And honestly, probably what I'll do is I will pull out like my cards from him. And I am so blessed that he gave me one year a entire uh, packet of what was, it was like blank stationery. And he bought it and he wrote on it. Um, the front of every envelope says, I love you because, or I love dot, dot, dot. And then on the inside, it says a reason that he loved me or something he loved about me or whatever. So that, and he's like, you can open all of these. I think there's 50 of them. He's like, you can open all of these today or you can open one a day or you could wait until something happens in your set and you want a reminder, blah, blah, blah. I remember him giving me this gift. So I'm so thankful for that because it's his handwriting and it's his thoughts. But what a gift, because what I don't have is lots of like videos. Like nowadays, I think I've said this before, everybody's constantly on their phone, like making cute little, making little videos and, and all the same stuff. And we, I don't know, I guess he died before that became a big thing, but we just didn't do that much. So I don't have much of that. So I'm thankful for the handwritten letters, the handwritten cards, the hand, the little notes that he gave me. Um, so I love all of that. So that's probably what I'll do. And I will say this. Um, I gather myself. <laughs> I am trying. We are going to make some positives out of February. Um, so first off, because since I'm talking about the anniversary and I'm going to have to tell will not to listen to this podcast until after my anniversary. Um, I am on my anniversary this year gonna, going to make a reservation at Neil's favorite restaurant and go with Will and Leah and myself. And if 
Haley and Griffin were in town, they would definitely be coming with us. Which, by the way, they just signed on their first homeownership yesterday. Shout out to them. Um. Anyway, so we're going to go to dinner. And I'm actually going to give Will Neil's wedding ring to be worn as his wedding ring. Um, yeah, I just... I want him to have a piece of Neil forever. And also, I am so confident in the fact that to Will, to my kids, to anybody, um, especially to Will, that that ring signifies true love. It signifies strength. It signifies marriage that works because sadly my kids had to live through a marriage that didn't work. But again, blessing, they now see both sides, their father and their mother in marriages that do work. So I know when he looks down at that ring, he will remember not only the man that he loved and respected and that he felt for the second minute. But more importantly, he will look down at that ring and remember true love and remember, he'll remember everything Neil gave me. And he'll know the importance of giving that to Leah. So I'm very excited about that. I know I'm here crying, but I'm very excited about that. And then also we brought some Germany into it. Um, the tradition in Germany is that you engrave your wedding date on the inside of your ring. And so I did that for him. So I love that combination of German tradition with me and Neil. And I I just love it. I love it all. It, it just makes my heart happy. So I am really excited about that. And it will make our wedding anniversary special in, in a new way of me presenting that to Will. So I am excited about that. And as a side note, I did give Griffin something of Neil's as well. <laughs> it's not just Will. I wanted Griffin to have a piece of Neil as well. And what's interesting, could be gone moment, is that what I gave Griffin was a thousand percent fit to Griffin. So Griffin is a watch connoisseur. He loves watches, like lots of it's always been his thing. Neil, however, never wore a watch. It just wasn't his thing. He just never, ever wore a watch. I gave him Ohio State watches. I gave him Chiefs watches. He was just like, I don't wear watches. So interestingly enough, he was gifted for his years of service at his job. He was gifted this expensive, fancy watch that was engraved, you know, and all the kinds of things. And and what's funny is when we got it, he's like, I don't even wear a watch. I'd rather have the money. <laughs> and, and so we actually took it in and asked about, like, selling it. And since it was engraved, it really decreased the value. And I was, I was like, babe, it's not worth it. We'll just keep the watch, whatever. And so I stored it away. Then Neil dies. And I'm so thankful that I kept that watch. Because that watch, anybody that knew Neil, especially in the workforce, that man dominated his field. I mean, he was brilliant. He could he could fix anything. And I keep in touch with one of his friends from work, and his friend always is like, Neil worked all the day. We'd be out, you know, they would be um, out of town on a business trip, and everybody would be doing half the terrible blood. He's like, here's Neil over there solving a problem instead of the other. He would work all night sometimes because... He 
he wrote programming for the USDA that would honestly get the farmers paid. And he's like, if there was a glitch in it, they aren't going to get paid. So he would stay up overnight sometimes to figure this out. But anyway. So that watch, even though Neil did wear watches, the watch was really significant because it was about his years of service and about how amazing he was. So anyway, back to, sorry, I went on a total tangent there. So I presented that watch to Griffin as his wedding gift from me. And Griffin wore that watch in the wedding. And again, I loved that he would look down at it and remember Neil and remember us and remember just everything because we always joked about Griffin being a mini Neil. Just this incredibly kind, strong, intelligent, caring. He just was, he's a light, he's a lot like Neil. And obviously Haley's a lot like me. So we always kind of talked about that. So anyway, yes, I did give Griffin something very significant as well. So I love that both of my boys have something of Neil wedding related that they will have forever. So that's how I'm going to make a great this year into something more positive. So yeah. Uh, so this is the real thing, guys. This is how certain moments hit widows. And I won't even just say widows. Let me add to that. Anybody who's lost anyone, there are times like this. There are days or weeks or certain months or certain holidays that just hit and I think we all need to be a little more empathetic about that and a little more cognizant of that. Like, not just around the holidays. I think Christmas, everybody's good about thinking, oh, this can be hard for some people and this, that, and the other. But little holidays, I mean, Valentine's or hell, St. Patrick's Day will be kind of rough because Neil and I always did, not always, a lot of times Neil and I went to the lake for this pub crawl and that's going to be rough. Or... I don't know. Think about Mother's Day. I think about my mom on Mother's Day. Think about my dad on Father's Day because they lost a child. So just keep it all in mind. And I don't know, you guys, February. Yeah, my original podcast was supposed to be about love and is love in the air and and what does love mean and everything and about this church sermon that I attended that I adored. But I will say just a couple things about that because I don't want this to just be a bad crime podcast. So I will just say a few things about that. One, the serving series, one of the things we talked about was God being your first love, the your love of God being the foundation in this pyramid of life, right? And agape, this, this all-giving love, this un- I can't even remember how it was described, to be honest with you. And I I should know that. I honestly should know that. Um, And I'm actually, I'm going to take a look because I do want to be able to say that. Because, oh goodness, um, agape is a big thing that Adam has talked about a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, And... It's this giving love. It's not just the love of, like, passion and all that kind of stuff. It's it's like this um, love that you don't expect anything back from. And I don't know why I am unable to find it right now in my notes, because I did start writing about this podcast, and for some reason, But, <laughs> you know, because I saved it because so here we go. So he talks about agape that is a radical selfless love that prioritizes the good of another person above our own. It's the kind of love that whispers, I choose you not just for today, but for every tomorrow. The kind of love that says your joy is my joy, your pain is my pain. Agape isn't always easy. It can challenge us to step outside of our comfort zones. But when we live out agape love, 
It has the power to change our lives and the lives of those around us. That's what we talked about in church. So when I sit there and think about that, I think about how I had that with Neil. And when they're sitting there in church talking about it, I think about how I have that for God. I do have that because there, there were many times in this journey that I couldn't, I couldn't have done this without God. And there are also times, y'all, that I question it. But anyway, that's a whole nother, whole nother podcast. But what I do want to say about the sermons about love is this, because I'm going to bring it back to this. I'm sorry about the real crap is that as I'm sitting in that sermon, two things, <laughs> love God is first. Second was love others. Third was love yourself. That I have trouble with loving others. I struggle with it. Yeah. Struggle. I struggle with loving those that have done what they've done to me or tried to do what they did to me. I have a dear friend that told me, Beth, stop saying that they destroyed you. Say they tried to destroy you. Thank you. You know who you are. Love you. And that's true. So I have a lot of trouble loving the people who tried to hurt me and take me down. Be it through the school stuff, be it through Neil's kids. It's hard. Okay? It's hard. But that's why Jesus and God are better than me, because they can love others who have done wrong to them. Then it was about loving yourself. Hard. It's hard for all of us to love ourselves, right? We never think we are strong enough or skinny enough or pretty enough or tall enough or smart enough or popular enough or whatever, okay? But we've got to we've got to work on loving ourselves. But then the other series was about how to make love work and how to keep love alive in a relationship. And that one got me. While I agreed with everything that was being said, I'm going to go down this this little this little um road here again. I hit that space sitting in the church pew of I had that and and I'm so sad that I don't have it anymore. And then that space of, will I ever have that again? Is it selfish of me or is it not selfish? Is it greedy of me to sit here and say that I had that love? I had that soulmate love. So how dare I want to share love with someone again? Like, how dare I, when some people have not even had that once, how dare I ask God for him to allow me to have it twice? Because while I will never, ever lose my love for Neil, and I will never, ever forget Neil, and I will never, ever replace Neil, that is not going to happen. A piece of my heart will always be gone, will be, I don't gone, but broken. That piece is always going to be there. I still am struggling right now, y'all, with all these feelings of all of that and all my love for him and all, all my missing of him. I'm struggling with that, but also struggling with being And I don't want to be alone. I don't, I don't think God intended us to walk alone. I know that there are people that thrive alone, that are happy and fulfilled. And that's all they need, and God loves them. I truly love that for them. I am not one of those people. I believe that God formed me from the rib of a man to come and support and love and protect and all of the things, and for man to do that for women. That's my belief. I believe that God wants us to share our joys and our pains with someone else. I believe that we are not meant to walk this earth alone. So I'm really in a hard place of wanting to find that, but also being very um, sad, really sad about walking this journey alone. And sad that I am 
you know, I, I'm sad thinking about another one of my kids' weddings that I'm doing alone. And again, y'all, my friends and family are incredible, incredible. So I'm not doing anything alone, okay? That's the amazing part of this. That's the blessing in all of this. I, I know that there are people out there that truly are doing this alone. And they need more prayers than I do. They need my prayers more than I do. Those people that don't have the support system need it more than me. But I'm just, again, being real of the journey that I'm going through and perhaps the journey that other widows are going through. So it's a hard thing listening to these sermons and, and, and you know, hearing like, oh, your relationship gets stronger from praying together, from worshiping together, from being intimate together, from building each other up, from demonstrating that agape of loving and blessing one another, that that's the true meaning of love and commitment and everything. It's hard listening to all of that and wondering, wondering, will I ever be blessed with that feeling again? It's hard. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. And so come Super Bowl, <laughs> you know, prayfully cheats are victorious. Let's say they are. It's it's the coming home and going to bed alone. Praying that we're victorious. It's the going to the parade without your significant other. It's it's Valentine's. While I am blessed with many Valentines in my life, it's not having the notes from your spouse. It's wedding anniversary. Well, being so thankful to God that I got to experience that love on that day and for 15 years after that, the incredible blessings, it's then going to bed without them. So it's all of those things wrapped up in February. But I will say this. I'm going to end with this. I am taking control. I'm trying, okay? Trying to take control. And I am next week, actually, I am going on a trip with two other widows. And what's incredible about it is one is my sister-in-law and one is a dear friend that I met in college. Then we lost touch for a little bit and then ended up, she lived across the street from me, had a son only three months older than my son. We became extremely close again. She had a daughter only months away from the time I had my daughter. Um, we all became best friends again. She ended up having to move. She and her husband were doctors. They had to move. Um, anyway, she ended up losing her husband. I mean, it's so crazy. So three of us, dear friends, three of us all going together on a trip. I'm 50, I think. My sister-in-law just turned 52. I, I think our other friend is 51. I don't know. Anyway, all of us around 50. All of us widows. All of us made widows in very extremely different ways. We are taking control and we are going on a trip together. And that's what we need. That's that's what I need, at least. So that's what we're going to do. So you know what? We're taking over. We're taking control. And we're going to share some laughs and some tears and all the things. And we're going to do it somewhere sunny and warm. <laughs> So yeah, there's that. So there are ways to find blessings in all of this. There are ways to find joy in all of this. And while I sat there and I started this sobbing in a mess and, and all the things, yeah, it's a journey, you guys. So I don't know why I just felt compelled that I needed to sit and do this podcast without a script, without knowing where it's going to go or how much I'm going to cry or anything else. And I really, 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 you guys, I need this to get to widows. I need this to somehow help someone. I just need to figure out if that is maybe 
not that this happened for a reason, but something good that can come from this is if I can somehow get out there and somehow use my voice and use my experience to help someone else. So that's the goal. With that, I'm going to sign off. I'm going to say that a couple things. I will say this. Um, everyone, I have to say again, everyone has been an amazing support system for me. So just because I break down like this, just because I have these days, it does not... It doesn't mean that I'm not getting the support that I need because I am. But anyway, to everybody, I love love you guys so much. And to the people who have reached out to me about the other podcasts, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I will say on a completely different note, I did record a podcast with Ben Keach so if you guys would go follow the Ben Keech, K-E-E-C-H show, uh, we did a Zoom podcast actually on bereavement last week, and it should be becoming live any day, maybe today, tomorrow. And I am recording again with him tomorrow, a few episodes about Pembroke. So that is something too that I just am trying to figure out how I can get my voice out there and bring some positive from the negative that has been in my world. So if you guys would follow and listen, that would be amazing. Other than that, y'all, hug your loved ones. Tell them you love them. Write handwritten notes to one another. Do all the things, make all the memories, record each other talking to each other. Do it all. Do it all, y'all because you never know when it's going to end. Okay, do it all. With that, I love all of you guys. Thank you for letting me, especially this time, for letting me be real. God bless all of you guys.